You're listening to Gospel-Centered Rest, a podcast by Grace Bible Church in Cambridge, Ontario, dealing with topics of life and theology, and how Christ's promise of rest for the weary and heavy-laden gives us strength for today and hope for tomorrow. Well, welcome back to Gospel-Centered Rest. We're so glad that you're joining us. Now, last week, we had started a conversation concerning why we responded the way we did to COVID-19, and in particular, COVID-19 six months later. Now this week, we are going to get into the nuts and bolts and the specifics of why we responded the way we did as a church and discuss a few of the decisions that we made along the way and discuss a little bit about the atmosphere that's out there um, and talking about how it relates to the gospel and to the truth of God's word. So very glad to be in this conversation with you again, both David and Byron. Um, and we've got a number of things that we want to talk about, but I figured we could just kind of start with, start with why we started to meet again. Now, we know that a lot of churches decided not to, not to start meeting uh, when they could start meeting. Some have just started to reopen and started to uh, start to do the things that they were doing. But why do you guys think it was, it was important for us to begin when we did? I think uh, there were obviously a lot of factors going into that, um, that decision. And maybe uh, like, I love the questions that we're going to be talking about because they're just, you know, they're, they're very specific questions. So I'm glad we have this, this opportunity to discuss, Mm -hmm. but um, the big picture um, for the leadership has been, uh, one, we're not going to get this right all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why we have spent a lot of time thanking the GBC family uh, for their patience um, and uh, for their understanding. Um, and as we mentioned in last week's podcast, uh, our goal has been to, to shepherd God's Mm -hmm. people. So what that means for us, uh, we refer to Ezekiel 34, um, verse 4, you have not strengthened the weak, healed the sick, bandaged the injured, brought back strays, or sought the lost. So there's a lot that goes on in shepherding. Um, And just understanding that there's a variety of people who respond in a variety of ways and find themselves in a variety of strengths and weaknesses Mm -hmm. and it's much like you know parenting a family where sometimes you parent a family um not according to one child's needs but according to the variety of needs within the family and Mm -hmm. i think that's been one of the greatest struggles is um covid um sometimes brings out a lot of strong opinions and reactions and what mm-hmm. we've tried to do as leadership is lead as under shepherds of God's flock, um, taking the whole, not just individuals' um, comfort levels, but taking the whole, uh, matching them, first of all, with the word of God, and then second of all, with um, what the government is saying. Um, and I think that's why, that that's the big picture of why we felt comfortable meeting again. Mm-hmm. On top of that, um, I think we needed it. We missed it. Um, and just to be able to be together uh, to, to um, j- j- and it's not even, um, 
like a it, it started off really small and, and really quiet yeah. actually but we were together and mm-hmm. just that after uh, a few months of isolation was i think profound it was profound mm-hmm. good now i know in the beginning stages maybe byron you can uh, you can speak to this question in the beginning stages we as a church were encouraging masks and encouraging people to to wear them in take them off once they sat down and then they put them back on if they're going to walk around the church now we know there are some churches that that not that didn't necessarily have that um, that guideline at the initial onset. So why do you think it was important for us as a church to to um, to encourage the wearing of masks and to even still today to still to continue to encourage it? Because we know there's so many different opinions that are out there uh, concerning masks and things like that. Agreed. There's lots of opinion. The bottom line, I think, for us as leaders was, all right, how do we care for our people here, recognizing that you have very strong opinions within the congregation at opposite ends of the spectrum? Mm -hmm. So if we're going to care for each other, one of those driving factors is I put aside some of my rights for the good of someone else. At times, Paul says, think of others ahead of yourself. And this became a very practical application for us. If we can, as David mentioned on Sunday, for instance, mm-hmm. endure, deal with, tolerate some inconvenience for the good of the body as a whole, then I can embrace that. I don't know anybody who likes wearing a mask, but if I can wear one and that relieves someone's anxiety, if that allows someone to come who would not be comfortable coming otherwise, then it Mm. seems a small thing that I can do to help someone else. And that certainly has been even what the government has emphasized. As you wear a mask you're not protecting yourself. You're just lessening someone else's possible level of transmission to them. Mm. So, okay, we wear the mask. We started with saying, all right, do we have to wear it all the time? Is it just social distance? And at the beginning, our numbers were small enough that we could remove the mask and still be socially distanced. So we thought, all right, that's a great compromise. Let's do that. So we did. But when the bylaw changed and emphasized, no, masks are now mandatory inside buildings, Mm -hmm. well then, okay, we can do that. We still recognize there are some who are not able to wear masks for medical reasons, and we set aside that portion of the sanctuary so that they would have a spot as well. But we now wear it in respect of government. And I think there's a basic principle there that says, if it's not sin, and I don't feel there's any sin involved in me donning a mask, Mm -hmm. if I can do that, well, then I'll obey my government. If they call me to do something beyond God's parameters, Mm -hmm. well, that's a different story. Mm -hmm. So I can wear it now. I end up following the government mandate, local bylaw. I'm protecting the people around me. And yet I'm still able to gather and I can come together and I can worship with others. I'm not on my own. And as so many people have said, 
it's not the same. It's not the same as Zoom mm-hmm. because you have that personal connection. Even even being in the room together, even seeing somebody, even being able to talk from six feet away is way better. Now, agreed, Zoom is better than not seeing anybody at all, but it's just that further step where we can celebrate what we can do together while still recognizing, all right, I can endure a little inconvenience. Mm-hmm. Now, Byron, you just mentioned um, in your answer about submission to the government, which is going to bring us into the next part of our discussion uh, here today. And I'm, I would like to maybe just couple some of these questions that we have written down here kind of together, because I think they kind of speak to each other. So some of the response from some um, during this time has been that this is persecution from the government, that him, that the government shutting churches down and stopping nor- natural church functioning and natural church gatherings has been a, a sign of persecution from the government. Others have brought up the point from Hebrews 10, 25, that, you know, doesn't God tell us to not forsake the gathering of the saints, that it's important that as saints that we gather together. So under that whole umbrella of why do we submit to the government, what would you guys say to somebody who would who would view it as this is something that's that's that it's persecution that this is something that we're being attacked as the church um, that we need to we need to consider if we should even submit to the government in this situation. What would your answer be? As we were going through. Uh, the COVID, and we were we had the 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 first part of COVID, um, we were going through First Peter, and so I think First Peter, especially uh, on my heart, and I understand that there's other places that speak about reasons to submit to the government and how to do that wisely, but I think First Peter made a big impact on my life. Um, in verse twelve, conduct yourselves honorably among the Gentiles, uh, and. Um, and then a little earlier, it says, submit to every human authority because of the Lord, whether to the emperor as a supreme authority or to the governors, as those sent out by him to punish those who do what is evil and to praise those who do what is good. Um, and so uh, we want to we do things honorably, and we, we do want to do um, things to the praise of the government um, or, or to be praised by the government. And sometimes I think that's just being a good citizen. So I think that helped um, us as we navigated through First yeah. uh, Peter. In terms of, isn't this persecution? And, and just to go back to First Peter for a moment, sorry. Um, everything that Peter called the believers to in First Peter and Second Peter mm-hmm. was difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were gray areas. Um, and it takes wisdom to apply um scripture wisely uh so i by by the comment that i make i don't i don't want to make it sound like it's a simple decision yeah um but as byron mentioned bringing in all the factors we wanted to um honor the people around us um our community and we wanted to um uh not be not punished by evil but or because of evil but we we just we wanted to be good citizens, mm-hmm. um, and and um, and I, I think part of it is, and it's a difficult part of COVID. Is 
um, you talk to one person and they've heard this person speak about COVID. They talk to another person, you talk to another person, they've heard this doctor and this doctor and this specialist. And, and there are so many opinions about what, what co- the impact of COVID. Um, and some people are like, why are all there, why are there all these restrictions? And other people are like, there's not enough restrictions. And then you get the whole gamut in between. And so, one of our goals has been just to to listen to the government whether people agree with them or not and we take our lead from the government because we want to honor them we want to honor those around us we want to honor them um and i'll let byron deal with the doesn't god tell us not to forsake or tyler you can do that as well but isn't this persecution i and and again i've i've said this often to, to people i don't believe it's persecution i've been um i've visited a place where there is actual persecution um, mm-hmm. This is not persecution. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, a number of places, and and uh, we're inconvenienced. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said Sunday morning, I think it's it's okay for the church to be inconvenienced. For example, um, it's it's not easy um, to uh, it's it's not easy to gather together. Um, be pre-COVID, we had all sorts of ministries that people could come and connect. Um, we don't offer that right now as a church and it's harder for people to connect. So the question becomes, do people actually want to connect? And if they actually want to connect, there's ways to connect, but it's just not as freely offered as it was pre COVID. Mm -hmm. Um, So instead of being hand fed, it's an opportunity for people to ask in their hearts, do I actually really want fellowship? Because if I do, I'll pursue it. Um, if I do, I'll I'll pick up my phone and text someone, or um, I'll you know after the morning service I'll say hey let's go and talk socially distance and I just want to ask how you're doing, um, but it takes a little more effort now, um, so yeah we've been inconvenienced but I also think it helps purify the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a really good that's a really good point, and I like that you you talked about this on Sunday that it's a little bit of an inconvenience and, and it's kind of, to me, like when you look at what's going on in the book of first Peter and the persecution that's actually happening for us to say that this is, this compares like to that kind of persecution. Um, I just don't think it does like at all really. Um, and, and this is Peter giving this, these kind of directives while the Christians are being so oppressed by the persecution of society and the persecution of the government that they're losing their lives over it. And, and I just, I just struggle to, to compare what we're hap- what's going on to persecution. So that's why I like the whole idea of being inconvenienced. I think that that's exactly what it is. It's a, it's a small inconvenience for us to be able to show love to others and love to God even through this time. Um, and, and I also, I also thought, thought about this too, that, that it's not just the church that got shut down. You had all of your organized sports got shut down, like society's religion, sports, um, you know, um, all kinds of stuff got shut down. Uh, like organizations got shut down. Everybody got shut down. So everybody, yeah, businesses, like everybody was impacted by this and billions and billions of dollars um, were, were lost around the world because of 
what's taken place. So it wasn't just the church. So to say that this is something specific against the church or specific against religion, I don't believe that that statement can can hold up against the fact that everybody had to be um, had to had to follow the same kind of guidelines and be shut down as well. Byron, do you have anything you'd add to that or just echoing the same? Yeah, there's there's no indication that this is directed particularly at the church or at Christianity or at Christians. It is being applied for every evidence that I'm seeing across the board, regardless of religion or irreligion, regardless of race, color, country, whatever, Mm -hmm. it's being applied across the board. So therefore, it's a very difficult conclusion to be supported if somebody's saying this is religious persecution. Mm -hmm. Now, the, the next question that kind of fits into our conversation at this point is, should I not be able to exercise my own freedom as if I should wear a mask or not? Like, shouldn't that just be something that I can decide? Why, why should I let someone else tell me if I, if I should be wearing a mask when I go to the grocery store or when I sit in the church? Because uh, that is a question that, that comes up. So what, what do you guys think about that one? I guess the bottom line is, do we assume that freedom means we can do whatever we want to do? That seems a really broad definition that's hard to support. Most of us recognize and I think scriptures would support the basis that government is there, government has a role to play by necessity that is going to involve the curbing of our freedom in certain areas for the good, for the safety, for the well-being of our communities and nation, etc. We recognize that there are limits in terms of what you can and cannot do. You know, there's seatbelt laws, there's all sorts of things, no matter where you want to look. Is that curbing your freedom? Well, in one sense it is, but Paul says, obey the government, obey the authorities that have been placed over you. You have the freedom to choose to do as they direct you to do because you want to honor God. Mm. Um, Again, yes, there are times and places, and I I don't doubt that in some places, some people connected to COVID might be experiencing some type of particular persecution because of the individual who is their boss or Mm -hmm. is their particular Mm -hmm. local official or something like that. For sure. But at the same time, freedom, we're told that we honor Christ, we obey Christ. And in that sense, that becomes our primary consideration as to how do we honor him rather than how do I insist on, I should be able to do whatever Mm -hmm. I want to do in Mm -hmm. a situation. Yeah. Now, now something else that, uh, that maybe we can, um, we can discuss just for a moment, but something else that I've really appreciated is the message that we've had for those, um, that are in, in particularly part of our church that haven't felt comfortable yet coming back or being involved in in church again. And I just love that we've been allowing just some gracious, um, good encouragement even during that. David, would you mind just taking a moment and just talking about that a little bit and why why that was so important in our whole messaging 
and and our reopening and even moving forward. Yeah. Um, and Tyler, I just want to thank you for preparing these questions because I think they speak to questions that have been asked of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if I were to try and summarize just the questions that we've tried to deal with this morning or, or in this podcast is um, we have the questions, um, but then I would invite people to look at the heart behind the question. Mm. Um, so, uh, for example, what Byron just said, um, and I appreciate what he said, shouldn't I be able to exercise my own freedom um, as to whether I should wear a mask or not? Um, people may be legitimately concerned about their freedom, but sometimes we ask questions and don't always understand our heart. And the reason why we're asking those questions is because we could be asking that question out of concern for our freedom or because we just do want we just want to do what we want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and And so sometimes... I think what's helpful as we're asking and as people who are listening in are asking, it's not just how do you answer this question, it's what's my heart behind the question? Um, Do I want to honor God with everything that I do? Um, Do I want to love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength? And do I want to love my neighbor as myself? So it's not just who you listen to or the latest reports or what I'm going through, but it's the big... um, redemption story that guides our answer to these questions Mm -hmm. why are we meeting again we love god um are we doing it perfectly probably not but boy what a privilege to to be able to love god together and worship him (laughs) why mass um and all of these things are guided by our our relationship with god and our relationship with one another and um we can ask some very good questions but the deceitfulness of our heart can determine our answers um, based on individual um, likes and dislikes rather than community, family, loving one another. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's that's the that's why these questions are so good. In mm-hmm. terms of the question that you asked, uh, Tyler, mm-hmm. it is, you know, every time we see a new person come to church who we haven't seen or it's maybe their first time, um, we're just so happy to see them. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, it is, we, we do remember those um, who aren't able to, to come out um, presently, but, uh, and, and we're thankful to offer online and, um, and uh, you know, share with them that way so that they can be part of the church family as well. Mm-hmm. But I, I think for me, it's to live through this and to, to, to le- try to lead through this with the leadership that at grace it really is an opportunity to remember that some people are just this is how some people it's not it's not a covid thing it's how some people live their life Mm. and just the importance of of a church family how fragile it can be but the absolute importance and one of the great drawing um factors of the witness of the gospel of jesus christ will be how we love one another so Mm-hmm. As leadership, we're challenged to love those who may not be able to show up um, as a church family. It's not just doesn't just come on leadership because the family's called to care for one another. How do we reach out to one another and remember those who are, are found in loneliness? Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good, very good. I love I I love your discussion about the heart, and we'd encourage anybody if you haven't heard it yet, go back and listen even to David's sermon from this past weekend and 
discussion um, just from from the life of David, and in particular Saul's Saul's response um, to the decisions that he was making in in life, and how even what you talked about on Sunday just fits so perfectly into our conversation here today. Now, moving forward, what are we doing and why are we doing it? Uh, Do we know what things are going to look like in a few months? Well, not in particular, but, um, but we do have a better idea of how we would respond. Byron, do you, do you have any thoughts as to this question of what we're doing moving forward? I guess the first thing that really comes to mind is recognizing the people of grace and those who have been visiting. The numbers have been growing. And so we're looking at how do we respond to that. We have done our best to maintain uh, social distancing and masking within. So the COVID protocols are being followed, but we recognize we're approaching a maximum number of people and we could make certain alterations to allow a few more here and a few more there and still be within guidelines. But we recognize we need to be moving toward a second service. That's one of the big things that we want to be planning toward. Obviously, that will alleviate any danger of getting close to our max capacity type Mm -hmm. of thing. And it will give people added opportunities to invite others, to have people join them, to come with comfort and with their hearts not on edge in terms of, am I going to be too close to someone else down the pew, but to come and to worship and we're wanting to encourage that and to make it the least threatening place possible because we want it to be a safe secure welcoming place Mm. whether it's somebody who's been part of grace for 50 years or somebody who's just coming in off the street Mm -hmm. david would you add anything to that no i think that's good i again i i just um just appreciate that the that, that we can meet um, and there will be adjustments along the way, uh, and as there are with everybody, and um, and that's that's what I've loved about uh, this journey that Grace Bible Church has been on is um, the the love and the support that have been given to one another uh, during these difficult times. So, um, and and just opportunities to worship and opportunities to connect. Um, there's a lot of disconnected people um, in life right now. It's it's really um, impacted people deeply, some people deeply, and they're tired, they're exhausted, all of this. And it's amazing to watch on a Sunday morning what happens when people just gather mm-hmm. um, and how the Lord uses that experience to to refocus, to revive, to renew um, people's lives. So, so much thankfulness. Mm-hmm. I think of what David was just mentioning, you know, people's hearts where it's at, thinking about where we're at. In one sense, a question came up earlier, even before we started the podcast, and others have probably had the same question of, well, you know, doesn't the Bible mandate that we should meet together? Mm -hmm. And the assumption is, shouldn't we meet together on a Sunday morning in a large group of people in a building? And you think, well, actually, no. It doesn't give all those particulars Mm-hmm. The verse from Hebrews, don't forsake assembling of yourselves together, is you know the older wording. But that's not saying 
you should meet on Sunday at the synagogue in the large gathering in such and such an area, etc. It was, don't be a lone ranger Christian. Don't, don't isolate yourself from others. Mm. You need each other. So what we're wanting to do moving forward is provide further opportunities. Recognizing that's more of a challenge with where we are in the pandemic right now. But how can we help people truly connect and assemble together? Because in an ironic sort of way, somebody could say, okay, I, I went to church this week, therefore I haven't forgotten assembling together, but then I live the rest of my life and have nothing mm. to do with mm-hmm. anybody else. Well, you've actually not fulfilled that exhortation because mm-hmm. it's saying connect with each other. And we want to help the people of grace, whether it's someone who's comfortable coming to a larger gathering at the building or whether it's somebody who's not. How can we connect together? Mm-hmm. How can we support each other and, and live out these one another's in a practical way, mm-hmm. heart to heart? And that takes work. Mm-hmm. Very good. I think that's a great way to end our podcast with that thought. How can we connect with one another and live out the one another's? and be creative about it. And like you said, Byron, it takes work. Uh, it takes intentionality. And we are grateful to be, to be part of a church that, um, as you're sharing, David, that we can be together again, corporately, as, as a body, and see each other face-to-face, and pray with one another, sit under the preaching of the Word together, even sit under the, the singing of, of God's Word and God's truth. Uh, there's just something that's very, very special about that. But as as Byron mentioned, taking the time outside of that to still connect, to still get involved in, in, in other people's lives that are that are part of your church is so important. So thank you, gentlemen, and thank you for your honesty. Thank you, Tyler, Byron. Thank you both.